I have a weekly live stream called Boomer's Banquet. As the title implies, it's all about baby boomers, and naturally, most of our guests are in that demographic group. We talk about topics ranging from pop culture to music to clothes and fashion to entertainment. Anything and everything that has something to do with baby boomers. Now, the fun part. We always request our guests to log in 15 to 30 minutes before showtime to do an audio, video, and signal check. And it never fails. One or two of the guests would have a hard time setting up, necessitating some assistance from their children or even grandchildren. It is frustrating and mortifying to say the least for our guests, and it is equally hilarious for us who wait for them to finally get online. The Travails of a Boomer in the BTS Era Hi, I'm George, and this is your Masterclass. We begin another series of topics dwelling mostly on a baby boomer's challenges in this day and age of BTS. This is brought to you by Cutprint Productions. A great way to take a look at this amusing issue is to know more about what baby boomers went through when they were growing up and comparing it with the technology that has replaced these traditions. Let's start with the most basic. Reading. Baby boomers were inundated with countless reading materials from storybooks to comic books to reference material to newspapers and magazines. We bought or rented newspapers and magazines from newsstands. We made it a point to be well-informed of current events. Today, we have Rappler, CNN, and online news sources straight out of our computer screens for free or for a fee. We grew up on the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, and the Bobsy Twins, and on to Clancy, Robbins, Patterson, and other best-selling writers. We had to buy them from Bookmark, National, Alamars, and Goodwill. Today, we have the indispensable tablet where we can download Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, and other bestsellers. DC Comics, starring Superman and Batman and Robin, were staples. The difference? We had to flip pages. Kids just scroll through the screen. And we never ran out of batteries. We didn't have any. Aside from that, we had comic books called Classics Illustrated, with stories lifted from literary gems. Ivanhoe, Prince Valiant, Knights of the Round Table, The Story of Jesus, Treasure Island, Robin Hood, William Tell, Shakespeare, and a whole lot more were offered in comic book form, leaving us with no excuse not to learn these masterpieces. Nowadays, these comic and cartoon characters have become video games. Both story and comic books also come in video form and are on Netflix and other platforms. Our superheroes have invaded video. There was only one hitch. If you fell asleep, you'll miss the climax or finale. With us, even if we fell asleep, we can always go back to where we left off. No spoilers to spoil our interest and excitement. Speaking of Netflix and Amazon Prime and other platforms, we never had that luxury of sitting back on the sofa or bed and binge-watching to death. We had to go to the movie theaters to watch these larger-than-life shows. And speaking of movie theaters, it was so much different during those days. Today, you buy a ticket. 
Choose your seat and get some popcorn and soda from the theater kiosk and wait for your schedule. On the other hand, we just had to buy a ticket, enter the theater with whatever we wanted to eat. People those days brought lunch or dinner inside the movie house and watched the movie again and again without anyone chewing them off. Yes, you can actually enter the theater at 8 in the morning. All theaters during those days were standalones and open at 8 and leave after the last full show. That is, if your eyes can take the strain. Today, after the film has ended, they empty the theater, making sure you only got to watch what you paid for, a single showing. Which brings us to the home theater, the television set. During the 50s and 60s, the height of the boomer era, television sets were a rarity. We were fortunate enough to have one, a black and white GE TV. And since we were the only ones in the neighborhood to have one, our neighbors used to flock to our house or peek into our windows to watch the TV shows with us. When TV signal got bad, we either had to hang on to the indoor antenna and extend our arm to improve the signal. Our body is supposed to be a good signal carrier. Or we used to pound and bang on the TV set with our fist until it behaved properly. No kidding. Remote controls were simply that. Remote. Each time we needed to switch channels, adjust the volume or vertical holds or whatever disease our TV was suffering, we had to stand up and approach the set. We even had to use a pair of long nose pliers to switch channels when the tuning knob went loose and flew off. Now, all you need is a remote control. If you want to watch a show but can't afford to miss another, you have TiVo. And better still, there's a TV set in every room, including the bathroom and the maid's quarters. And everything is in high definition, lifelike color. When we were young, we had black and white, often gray and white. I remember when color television was introduced, you could hardly discern the picture. All it did was to separate parts of the image vertically using the colors of the prism. In other words, red to yellow to green until it became purple at the bottom. That was color TV. Now let's go back to books. My dad was an encyclopedia salesman, so we had all kinds of reference books. Most of my friends, however, had to go to the library to do their research. We had to sift through catalog cards to find exactly what we needed, read through them, and copy them manually. We never had photocopiers until college. Today, there's Google. It has been the ultimate go-to of information seekers that Google has become not only a proper noun, but a verb. Need some info? Google it. Just type in a keyword related to what you're looking for, and you'll be shown everything that's existing in this world, from reference materials to pictures to videos. The library has gone the way of the rotary phone. Speaking of which, the rotary phone. How many videos have appeared on the internet where kids from Gen Wires to the present were asked to figure out how to operate a rotary phone? And all of them were hilarious. I haven't seen a single video where a person actually got it. So, 
If boomers have an excruciating time trying to figure out the whys and wherefores of a computer, I guess the same can be said about young people getting the hang of using equipment from 50 years ago and beyond. In the mid-70s, I took up programming courses at IBM. Programs had to be manually written in spec sheets, tested, and then punched into data cards by encoders. If your specs were wrong, you had to go back to square one. If they get through, it got fed into the computer, a contraption the size of your bedroom, or even bigger, with a temperature of a below-zero beer cooler. And of course, a memory that was just in the kilobytes. Now, your smartphone is hundreds of times faster and more efficient than that Godzilla of computers. And you don't even need spec sheets for that. Thanks to a wonderful innovation called Windows, all you need to do is type the keywords and out come the results. When I first encountered Windows 95, I was even looking for the spec sheets to write on until my assistants told me they didn't even know what spec sheets were. No wonder they looked at me with a really strange look when they saw me doing some financials on a yellow worksheet. When they asked me what I was doing, I even condescendingly said, I'm doing financials, can't you see? And they responded, why don't I use Excel? And I indignantly said, what the hell is Excel? So there, I just had to eat humble pie and drew my embarrassment. I guess now you know what and where this series is headed for. Yes, we'll talk about things past and things present. I'm not going to say which is better. The better approach is to look into each aspect of what we had and what we have now and relish their usefulness, how they've helped us progress. We'll talk about music, video, and broadcast production, recording, communication, and anything we can think of. Help me out on this one. Give me stuff to talk about. Let me know by emailing george at cutprintproductions.com. That's george at cutprintproductions.com. I'm sure we have countless topics to talk about. Till next week, hope you had fun. It was great reminiscing and having a few chuckles about what we did before. And if you want to have a taste of what boomers are like, tune in to Boomers Banquet. It's on YouTube and Spotify. You can also join the live stream every Saturday morning at 10 Philippine time. See you around. This has been George. Stay safe, sane and well. Good night and God bless. Ad Mayorem de Gloria. This show is produced by Cutprint Podcast Network and George Boone. Executive producer, Patsy Ferrer. Writer, George Mercado. Creative director, Christine Alido. Social media manager, Nia Escondo. Sound engineer, MJ Habal. Researcher, Lee Malcolm. To advertise, email us at podcast at cutprintproductions.com or call us at 0918-807-8478. That's 0918-807-8478.